0: Senator from Rhode Island is Is recognized. Is the Senate presently in a quorum call? We are. If so, may I ask unanimous consent that the quorum call be vitiated? Without objection. And may I say that it is a pleasure to speak to the Senate with the new Senator from Georgia, presiding for the first time, at least, that I have had this occasion. Well, here we are. The impeachment outcome is settled as it was from day one. In my view, the facts are clear, the conduct impeachable, and the obstruction unprecedented. In my view, this impeachment process ran into a partisan wall. And the Senate's part was to deny the American people the most basic elements of a fair trial witnesses, and evidence. Alexander Hamilton, years ago, warned us of what he called the greatest danger in impeachments, quote, that the decision will be regulated more by the comparative strength of parties than by the real demonstrations of innocence or guilt, end quote. In my view, that danger has met us. As a boy, I often sang a hymn with the stanza that to every man and nation comes a moment to decide, in the strife of truth with falsehood, for the good or evil side. In my view, the Senate chose the wrong side. We are obviously going to disagree about a lot here, so let me focus on two thoughts that perhaps we can agree on. One is that what we have done here should carry little weight as precedent. Politics cast very long shadows over this proceeding. This was not our finest hour by any stretch, and much of what was said and done here should not be repeated, let alone treated as precedent. I hope. History treats this episode as an aberration, not a precedent. Too many things that are right and proper had to be bent or broken to get to the preordained result. And too much of what was said by White House counsel was not only wrong, but disgraceful. The presentation in this chamber by White House counsel was characterized by smarminess, smear, elision, outright misstatement, and various dishonest rhetorical tricks that I doubt they would dare pull before judges. Knowing that we were a captive and silent audience, knowing the outcome was predetermined in their favor, and grandstanding for a TV audience, particularly an audience of one, They delivered a performance that leaves a stain on the pages of the Senate record. Perhaps there will be consequences for some of their conduct in our chamber. I ask that my further remarks on this subject be attached as an appendix to this statement. Without objection. So enough of my professional disgust with their performance, but let us agree that this ought not be precedent. Let us also agree on something else. There is one particular argument the White House made that we should trample, discard, and put out into the trash. The notion that a United States district court can supervise our Senate impeachment proceeding. I truly hope we can agree on this. As a court of impeachment, We are constituted at the Founders' command. The Chief Justice presided in that seat at the Founders' command. We convened as a body at the Founders' command. And at the Founders' command, the Senate, the Senate has the sole power to try all impeachments. Every signal from the Constitution directs that we try impeachments, and no part of the Senate's power to do so is conferred anywhere else in the government. It's on us. The President's counsel proposed that they may interrupt the Senate's trial of impeachment, delay the Senate's trial of impeachment, in order to go down the street to the United States District Court to litigate our trial determinations about evidence and privilege, determinations in our proceeding. There are three arguments against that proposition. The most obvious one is the Constitution. The Constitution puts the trial in the hands of the Senate, sitting as a court of impeachment, and makes no mention of any role for any court to supervise or pass on the Senate's conduct of this trial. It is simply not in the Constitution. The second argument is the improbability, the improbability that the founders would convene the United States Senate as a court of impeachment. Bring the managers of the United States House of Representatives over here to present their charges. Put the Chief Justice of the United States Supreme Court into that chair to preside over the trial. Give the Senate the sole power to try the impeachment, and then allow a defendant to run down the street to a district judge and interrupt the proceedings? That idea is contrary to common sense as well as constitutional order. The impeachment provisions of the Constitution were adopted by the Founders in September of 1787, after that long, hot summer in Philadelphia, and ratified with the Constitution in 1788. The Judiciary Act establishing lower courts did not pass until 1789. It is hard to imagine that the Founders meant the proceedings and determinations of our Senate Court of Impeachment to be subject to the oversight of a judge down the road from us whose office did not even exist at the time. The founders in the Constitution put this squarely on us. No one else is mentioned. It is our sole power. It is the duty of the Chief Justice under the Constitution to preside over this trial. It is his duty to make appropriate rulings And it is on us to live with that, unless, as we may, we choose to overrule the Chief Justice as a body by recorded vote and live with that. We run this trial, the senators, the Senate, no one else. We are responsible to the people of the United States to run this trial. We were trusted by the founders to live up to those responsibilities. When we sit as a court of impeachment, it is all on us. The founders put it squarely on us. And we took that job when we took our oaths. That means we control the trial rulings, the timing, the evidence determinations, and the privileges we will accept. We can accept the rulings of the Chief Justice, or we can reverse them, but it's our job. Previous impeachments record the Senate making just such rulings. Never, never has the Senate referred such a ruling to a court. Indeed, in Walter Nixon v. United States, reported at 506 U.S. 224, a 1993 decision, the Supreme Court held that federal courts have no power to review procedures used by the Senate in trying impeachments, that it was a non-justiciable political question, and that, to quote the decision, the judiciary and the Supreme Court in particular were not chosen to have any role in impeachments. The Supreme Court in that decision even foresaw the delays that White House counsel threatened us with and saw them as an argument against any judicial role. The court said, and I quote here, opening the door of judicial review to the procedures used by the Senate in trying impeachments would expose the political life of the country to months or perhaps years of chaos." End quote. And the court immediately went on to particularly highlight that concern with respect to the impeachment of a president. It would have been nice if White House counsel when they were in this chamber arguing for their threatened delays, would have addressed this Supreme Court decision. The Constitution, common sense, and our impeachment precedents all put the responsibility for a Senate trial of impeachment squarely on us. We should not, we should never shirk that responsibility. This has been a sad and sordid moment for the Senate. It has done harm enough. Let it not provide any credit to this false White House argument. And let this not be president for future presidential misconduct. I yield the floor.